Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, girl. Hey, welcome to Taste of Taylor. It's my weekly podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker. So today we're going to do something a little bit differently than we usually do. Last week, we did not have a new podcast out because I joined the Amplify Melanated Voices movement. And in honor of that, I decided to mute my podcast last week. So this week, um, I'm actually going to be playing an episode from my radio show, from last week, from last Wednesday. So keep that in mind that this story um, is about, yeah, like a week and a half old at this point. Um, And just to clarify, I know it's confusing. People are like, wait, you have a podcast and then another podcast? So I have a podcast, Taste of Taylor, right here with Dear Media. Um, Also, can I just say, I fucking love Dear Media. They're such an amazing company. It's such an amazing family. And I'm just so honored to work with them. So yeah, so I have my weekly free podcast here with your media. And then I actually have a daily talk radio show called the Taylor Strecker show. It's Monday through Friday. We have a rotation of co-hosts and um, it's two hours. It used to be live uh, before the pandemic and COVID, but now uh, over the last few months, it's been live to tape. So we like record a day or two before. So the only people that get to hear it are people who are subscribers. And last Wednesday, I did an amazing show with one of my co-hosts, Liz Cully. She's amazing. Follow her on Instagram, at listen to Liz. She's a white woman, but she really has a firm grasp on racial issues. And she's been an advocate for a long time. And, you know, I feel like I finally have opened up my eyes of white privilege in the last couple of weeks to everything that's going on. I used to pride myself on being like, I'm not political. I thought that like I wore that like a badge of honor. And now through opening my eyes, exposing myself to different voices, people of color, different platforms, reading things, watching things, educating myself, I realized that saying that you're not a political person literally is just saying, hello, I am white privilege. Um, That is a privilege to not be political. And so that's something I used to say, but that's not something I'm going to say anymore. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to become like Rachel Maddow, okay? I'm not going to talk about politics all the time. You know, I'm like, listen, (laughs) I know my um, intellectual limitations and I know my brand. I'm fluff, I'm silly, I'm petty, and that's not going to go away. But I no longer can stand silent and not get involved. And so for those who follow me for a long time, I probably you probably think I've gone from like zero to 60, which is totally fair. Um, it's like I went from being like, I don't talk politics and I stay silent on all important issues because I'm escapism to being like beating a drum, <laughs> like so hard and so loud. And um, my intentions are good and my intentions are real. But I understand people being like, this is a lot like over a very short amount of time. So I'm really starting to realize that I need to slow down, really listen, really educate myself. And um, I am committed to doing the work, but I need to know that that's not going to happen overnight. Again, kind of a sign of my white privilege, right? It's like I'm fucking Veruca Salt over here. Like I want a Snodsbury and I want it now. That's kind of what white privilege is. And that's not reality, okay? Like important change can't happen with the snap of a finger. I have to be patient. 
in when I say I have to be patient, like I have to slow down. I have to listen. I have to educate myself. So I've been uh, over the last couple of weeks on the Taylor Strucker show covering what I guess I could call like my growth and my eyes being open. And through that, my friend Liz, who you're about to listen to, she has been helping me like on a daily basis. You know, she's the one that keeps me informed about a lot of these important movements, protests, um, black and brown voices to follow. So she's really been helping me just grow and be a better person. So I just I just love Liz. I, I can't say enough nice things about her. So last Wednesday, I aired an episode with her where she talked about her experience literally during a protest. It was one of the first protests that happens in that happened in Los Angeles. And it was peaceful in the beginning and then it ended up going really left and the chaos that went down ended up going down literally on the front step like of her apartment building and on her street so she was on the front lines and she talks about her experience and helping people this episode was so important I was so proud of Liz and you know I talk about my growth a little bit too and I got an amazing reaction from my radio show audience and so many of the listeners who also do listen to Taste of Taylor were like, please release this on Taste of Taylor because it this story needs to not live behind a paywall. This needs to be available for everybody to hear and listen to for free. So that is what I'm going to be playing for you guys today because it was like one of the best episodes I've ever done. We're talking about things that are happening right now that are very important. And even though we're both white women, you know, I think that this is an important conversation to have, to listen to. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just going to shut the fuck up and let's get to this week's podcast. I lied. One more thing. Um, a lot's gone down this week. Last week, you know, I felt like I was really doing the work, really listening, really learning, really growing. And then Due to something that I posted, I kind of got involved in a lot of drama and my intentions for being an ally were being called into question. And after this episode, I am going to address um, everything that's been transpiring this week and hopefully answer some questions for a lot of people. So, Liz, tell us everything from the start uh, that went down. So, the last you we spoke, you and I, like five days ago, and this is right after uh, George Floyd was murdered. And then, yeah. when were the protests in LA? Um, so Saturday, um, Black Lives Matter, okay. which if they are the ones organizing your um, the rally or the protest, then I would say go. They, that was on Saturday, and the rally started. Kid you not, like two blocks from my house. So there's a park called Pan Pacific there. And I mean, I don't know. Do you want me to just walk you through the day? I mean, the th I yeah, I really do. Yeah, okay. So we woke up that morning. I was hungover. I had a rough week last week. I drank a bottle of wine. I said, fuck the world. I woke up, did not get on my janky faux Peloton. Um, but instead, Rachel and I were like, fuck, we need tampons. <laughs> we need to go to Target. Girl, same. Oh, my God, we're up you know, um, and so we drove to the Target at like 1045 and they I was like, damn, this is fucking tight. Because remember, y'all, Corona. So I was like, sick. Nobody's around. We can just. And then this guy rolled up to the car and he's like, we're closing. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's like 10 o'clock in the morning. He's like, nope, we're closing all around here. And this is like two miles from where the rally was starting. And I was like, what? I'm like, Pan Pacific Park is so far away from here. He's like, no, we're closing it. I was like, okay. CVS board, starting to board up. Board. Board yes. up. So then we go do our shopping, come home. Our neighbors started to post that they were going over, because this is about 12, 1230, that they were going over to the rally. Cup two, literally two blocks. I don't even think it's two blocks, whatever, a block and a half from the house. And they were posting and they're like, this is beautiful. This is peaceful. If I'm being honest with you guys, I don't like large crowds. Some of y'all Especially have in the middle of a pandemic. I can 100%. understand that. I don't like, so I'm start, with you. I don't like large, crowd, exactly. large crowds I'm either, just, I'm, especially now. 100%. I'm telling you guys like chronically the day because I think it's like important 
it's actually important to see how things can quickly escalate and change. Yes. So I was like, I don't want to not go. Probably the dilemma that you're in. I was like, yep. but we're like in a global pandemic. And like, I don't really want to deal with that. Also, I was in San Francisco when the Giants won the World Series. And lest we all forget the looting and rioting and shit that caught on fire that night. And I got caught up in all that. And I'll like never forget What do you it. mean? When oh, you, my God. How, how'd the, you get caught up? I couldn't get home. They were, like, tipping over fucking buses and shit and lighting I them know. on fire. So fucking we all... No, but we all forget this shit. We all forget I know. that, like, when sports teams win, people Well, riot. Red Sox, Red Sox, they won the no, World Series and they you. riot their own town? That's crazy! I know, but the same thing with the Giants. So I'm, like, telling Rachel this. I was like, I don't... And I'm also pretty small, so I'm like, I can't see, and it, like, freaks me out. She was like, you're being a fucking loser. Let's go. I was like, all right, we'll go check it out. So we go. We stand on the street. I actually started crying when I walked up because it was so peaceful and so beautiful and so emotional. And I just can't describe what was coming over me. And I, and I wasn't showing Rachel. I was just kind of like, you know, when you're crying, but you're embarrassed that you're crying. and You're kind of yes. wiping it away. And this cute little gay kid with purple hair come up to me. He's like, do you want to sign? I was like, yeah, honey, I want to sign. Give me the sign. So I had this beautiful sign. Um, and we all just chanted Black Lives Matter folks that were working for the for the organization were directing traffic. People were honking. People who weren't in the protest but had um, that were driving had signs on their car. Black Lives Matter. I was like, this shit's what's up. This shit's super cool. I'm saying what's up to everybody giving nods. By the way, everyone had fucking masks on. Well, good. I mean, everyone. Good. Black, but you know what? You know brown, what? But here's children. the thing. Yeah. It's good. No, I know. Has we'll get on, there. Don't worry. But it's scary. I know. We're going to get there. Okay. So everything's cool, but everyone's like kind of giving their each other head nods because they have the mask on and you can't see people's face. It like people were giving out water. Like it was cool. So we Pan Pacific Park is on Beverly. Okay. Now, again, I'm joining this around like 1.30, maybe even closer to 2. No, 1.30, 1.30. There had already been the, like, bigger rally that we missed because it just kind of kept going all day. And Kendrick from Insecure was one of the primary people leading at. That's where Halsey was. My friend Tess Holiday was there. They had walked down Beverly, down Fairfax, and then to third in front of the Trader Joe's. And that's where you're talking about where Halsey, like, talked about getting hurt. Like, that was th this huge epicenter. I'm walking. We decided to walk with the protest with the protesters and the demonstrators down Beverly towards Fairfax. For those of you guys that don't know what Fairfax district is, it's in LA and it's like skateboard shops, primarily black owned and operated, like and and Asian and, and Latino people of color. There is some bougie shit on there too. It's kind of mm. like Hate Street. You know how Hate Street has like High. In San Francisco. Yeah, it's like yeah. almost like white neighborhood, but also like a ton of people of color work there too. It's kind of like, like a that lot. Vibe. It's like it's like a lot of places in Brooklyn, right? Yes, like, yes, 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 yes. It's exactly yeah. like that. It's like Williamsburg, mm -hmm. right? So we're getting closer to there, and Rachel and I were like, "Should we leave?" Like, I, I had my sign. We did our thing. We like chanted. I was like, "Okay, cool." I was visible as a white person with blonde ass hair in front of people. I, like, this is what I wanted to do. I start getting text messages being like, where are you right now? I'm like, I'm, they're like, or no, 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 actually, no. They were like, is this in real time? I'm like, yeah, it's in real time. They're like, dude, shit's popping the fuck off on Fairfax. I'm like, really? I'm like, just about to hit Fairfax. It looks fine. And they're like, no, I think down by the Trader Joe's where Halsey was, all those people were. My friend Tess hit me up like, shit's getting fucking crazy. Like the cops are showing up. And I was like, ooh. So, hold on. We were like, all right, well, maybe we'll call it a day. Rachel wanted to watch RuPaul Drag Race finale. I didn't watch it in the morning with her. I was like, okay, we need to know who win. Oh, my God. Like, who's it going to be? Is Crystal Method going to take the crown? I don't think so. It's going to be Gigi Good. Here we go. We go Such an adorable this. lesbian couple. <laughs> she loves it. So, we go <laughs> home. We watch. Um, we eat some crudite. We oh, watch, yeah. I do my little flower arrangements. We like watch fucking RuPaul's drag race. I was like, okay, Jada won. She should have won. She's beautiful. Here we go. 
And my, I talked to my friend Maureen, who's in love with you. She was like, I feel like an <laughs> asshole for not going to the protest. And I'm like, yeah, but you haven't left your house in four months. And like, right. I will tell you, there are thousands of fucking people out there. And, just and to you'll give freak. You, and you'll freak. And I was like, but it was super peaceful, super amazing. I did a Facebook post where I was like, fuck y'all, saying that this isn't peaceful. This was so peaceful. It was babies and strollers, whatever. Then all of a sudden, I hear pop, 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 pop. Look out, and there's black smoke all outside. And I was like, oh, shit. I take my mask. I go out on our balcony, and I'm looking. My neighbor comes out, and I'm like, whoa, what's going on? And all these fucking kids are flooding my street. Like, like running, walking? They're walking at this point. But, like, okay, so Fast. many people at one time. And I was like, what? One kid, like, screamed up to me, like, white bitch, get off your phone and come join us. I was like, listen, motherfucker, I'm old and I was there before. I got to get my, <laughs> I got to hydrate. Leave me alone. Then to the left of me, so my house is in the middle of my block. So to the left of me is Erewhon, which is this, like, fancy fucking grocery store. And then behind that is the Grove. The Grove is a huge shopping center. Oh, shit, you live by that close to the Grove? Yeah, dude. I did not know that. Yeah, I live, like, right there. So anyway, so I live right there. So um, I look to, I kind of lean out the window and I look and it just looks really busy. And then all of a sudden we see people. So those are all those people that were flooding the street were coming from the right. Then from the left, it's like running, like a stampede. And I hear a girl. And before I actually heard her say it, I start coughing and I'm like, oh, fuck, there's tear gas everywhere. Oh, my God. Have you ever experienced that before? No. When the fuck am I getting tear gas? I don't know. Your life. You've, you've lived. Fair. Good, good point. No, I, I have never once. been tear gas. I would never be able to identify tear gas. I don't think. Yes, you would. Okay. It feels like fire in your fucking eyes and nose. But it, we weren't. But think about how far away that is. That's like right. we're in the middle of the block. That's how much tear gas they were releasing. So they start running and this girl goes, <sighs> I can't see. I don't know, like, what it was, but I went into full, like, fucking G.I. Jane mode, run into the fucking house, grab paper towels. But I'm, like, panicking. And then I was like, oh, yeah, we have a spray water bottle for our, like, succulents and fucking our laundry. Let me grab it. So I grab that. I run downstairs. All the neighbors. I live in a fourplex, so that means, like, four, you know, whatever. Very L.A. Four units in a building. We all run outside. I'm like, grab water, grab drinks. And we I start spraying people's faces and this woman with water and wiping their faces. Oh, my God. To get all the residue off. Coughing. I'm like, God damn, this sucks. And then. Oof. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Do you have a question? Nope. Okay. Nope. Keep going. So <laughs> then I'm like, oh, shit's popping off. Right. And I'm like, what's happening? And they're like, they're pushing up from Fairfax and Beverly. Like, so basically what happens with the cops is they build a line. They build a wall and they kind of like push for it's like classic like war. <laughs> you push forward, you push back, you push forward, you push. Back. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how it works. It's like two front lines. Like, I don't know. Y'all watch The Last Kingdom like I told you to. They do that shit when they're fighting on horses. You know what I mean? Up, back, yes. up, back. No, it did like watching the footage again. You firsthand me on TV. It was like watching like. A war movie. I know. Like I wanted to start screaming, Uchtred, son of Uchtred, like, where are you? Come save me. But he was not around. So I'm out there. My neighbors grab water and then um, aluminum bowls. We, gr we grab, um, like, red cups, like, just tons of, like, shit to basically give out to people. And then we really couldn't, like, leave the block. Like, that was it. So that was at, like, 330? Three, three o'clock, three o'clock, uh -huh. yeah, maybe around three o'clock. And it was basically tear gas just like every 10 minutes on that street. But then these protesters grabbed um, like industrial sized uh, trash, like those trash things outside of like restaurants and fucking made a barricade on my block. We're sitting behind it, throwing bottles and shit at the cops. And then they were throwing tear gas on our street. Right. So that kind of went yeah. on. Yeah. So it so the so the protocol is you throw something at the cops, they then have the right to tear tear gas you, right? That's what I was I was cuz I'm trying to understand how a peaceful protest, right? It goes so left, 
so quick. Like you said, it's just like it's fine and beautiful at one moment, and then it, and so, so like so much energy. But you know, but the thing is, is like. Because I've heard so many different things watching the news, you know? So, like, watching it's like, okay, so those people, they just threw firecrackers. It's like, listen, firecrackers are not necessarily dangerous, but they're scary. So, like, if you throw that at a cop, what do you expect's going to happen? It's like, who the fuck is throwing firecrackers? Keep well, it peaceful. Keep your hands exactly. up. Exactly. I mean, here's the thing is, like... But then it's like, there's all these things, and, and, and this is this is a rumor, but it's like... I heard somebody say, like, oh, there's cops that are posing as protesters and they're yes. inciting all of this violence to turn okay. what is peaceful into something that's negative. And lot. I'm like, I don't I, know what to believe. I spoke to And a, then a the friend. looting. I know. I spoke to. Well, we'll get to the looting. The looting okay. hasn't been there yet. So, you know, I spoke to a friend who said it was really weird. Like, they rolled up on Fairfax. That's where they lit the first car on fire. That they These cops rolled up and then they all abandoned the car. Hmm. And went out into the crowd and then like. And were they plain clothes or were they they weren't plain clothes? And then pretty soon after the car was on fire. There's a lot of theories. I personally, Liz Cully, am not here to explore those theories because I don't know what the fuck those were. I'm just going to tell you guys exactly what the fuck I saw. I I was involved in an incredibly peaceful protest. And then I went home and watched RuPaul's Drag Race and then shit popped the motherfucker off. So and just happened to land on your block. Literally on my fucking block. Like, not even, I'm not talking like, oh, I live on X Street and it's like four blocks up. I'm talking like in front of my home. I haven't even told you some of the crazy shit. So, we're wiping people off. We're all wearing sunglasses because, like, we're tearing. You know what I mean? Right. And then Rachel at one point was like, honey, or like, Liz, 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 and like pointed to this girl and she had blood all over her face like oh my god everywhere i mean i think you might have seen some of those pictures some of my neighbors were taking pictures of us um uh whatever cleaning people up so this girl rolls up and one of my neighbors was like she got hit by a rubber bullet in the head i'm like no she didn't actually she got smashed she told me she got smashed in the head with a bottle from another protester or hold on now let me clean my language it very well could not have been a protester. It was a person in the crowd that was wearing plain clothes. And Got I it. think that's where all of this, because it's muddy, and these opportunists take this opportunity, whether they are criminals to do harm or opportunities, bad cops, to impose force when they shouldn't. Now, right. guess what al- Guess what else happened during that protest? There were incredible police officers, like the one that you outlined, that did the right thing. There are right. incredible people that are protesting peacefully, right? I think we all need to have space and are, need to open up our minds that all things are possible. Because let me fucking tell you, I saw all that shit crack off. I'm not done. Okay. Girl comes up. Her head is split open. I'm like Dr. Quinn fucking medicine woman. Like, oh, shit. Cleaning out her wound. Her gash is bananas. I was like, you have to go to the hospital. Like, we'll put bandages on you, but, like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. You know what I mean? Like, we're cleaning you up and stuff. But she was also in shock, so classic Liz Cully. I'm like, do you need something to eat? Can I get you some sugar? You are going to fucking pass out because your adrenaline is pumping. She's like, no, no, I'm fine. I can't feel anything. I was like, you can't feel anything because you are in shock, boo-boo kitten, and you need to get the fuck out of here. So then she leaves. But the whole energy, Taylor, for the whole day was it was like just as like we cleaned her up and sent her on her way. Then another fucking stampede of people with tear gas or that were hurt comes running. So we kind of became this little like first aid stoop, so to speak. And then I was going to say, you guys, you guys sound like you were like mash. It was crazy. I mean, the beautiful thing is that I barely knew my neighbors in my building before, and now we're all homies, right? It was, it was yeah. kind of beautiful. But so then uh, the police off, or excuse, so police started bum rushing our street because they're like clearly seeing that they had made this barricade. And um, then the firemen rolled up, which, by the way, like, hello for a fireman. I'm never, like, I was like, hey, boys, like, I'm cool. <laughs> With the firemen, you know what I mean? And I was, like, also, to be honest with you, so fucking thankful that the police were on my block. That was until one straight up pointed a rubber bullet gun in me and Rachel's face, and we were like, what? Like, we're just standing here on our stoop. So I will tell you, that's the the dichotomy, right? That's the up and down of my experience is, like, 
firemen, fuck yeah. If I was single, I might try to fuck one of you guys. And then it's like <laughs> the police officer, we're so happy you're here. And then one of them decides to like straight right. up point a fucking gun in my face. So well, anyway. and this is something that we talk about all the time, like in regard to like social media per se, right? Like for uh, You get a hundred nice comments, that one I negative know. one, that will stick with you. And then that's all you fix it on. And that's all you talk about. And the same is true for this, right? So it's like people want to just make blanket statements about police officers. Like we were talking before, I was talking about uh, Sheriff Chris Swanson in Flint, Michigan. And he's like, he's an amazing man, an amazing cop. Yeah. Check out my story or check out my my uh, Instagram at Taylor Strecker. I posted Tons of videos of him because I'm obsessed with him. He is the way we should all be acting right now. He is like a step towards the solution. You know, well, yeah, I mean, listen. And, and, and that's the thing is like, so we had that dude point that shit at us and it, and I'll continue my story. But, but then we, you have that happen. And then that's like a lot of people are left with like, well, no, no, fuck we had another. And then f- let me tell you, this day was so crazy. Five minutes later, I talked to the cops in a different way. I'll get to that. It's all good. Okay. So then this. So as the fire trucks now in West Hollywood and in Hollywood, L.A., the streets are so fucking narrow. So the the police and yeah, the fire yeah. trucks are coming down our street. And then all of a sudden there's like this red sedan, like an old, older red sedan, kind of like weaving in the street and then pulls over, but not all the way. And this kid jumps out looking crazy, like hurt, really hurt. And I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, I don't like kind of not really talking. And I'm like, dude, you are hanging on your car door in the middle of the street and all of these cop cars are barreling down this tiny little street that I live on. Like, get into the... I was like, close your door and come over here. And then we went and helped him. And it, somebody had thrown tear gas while he was driving and it went in his car, hit his ankle, and then <sighs> filled up the car. So then, hold on. This is like so Liz cult. Like, just wait. I think his ankle's totally broken because there's like a huge hematoma like oh not on it. But I didn't really hear that it was tear gas. I haven't heard the tear gas part yet. But I was like, dude, can I move your car? Like, whoa, your car is going to get fucked up. He's like, yeah, the keys are in it. I get into the car. I don't even know if I should be. Whatever. I'm just going to. I've decided to tell you all the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I get into the car and there's like a huge weed pipe that had just been smoked and then like a fucking switchblade on the ground. And I'm like, and then hold on. And then like my eyes start watering because it's all tear gas in the car. (laughs) I like hop out the car. and I was like, I'm not fucking with this. I'm cool, (laughs) but I'm not that cool. I was like, this motherfucker got drugs and a knife in the car and I can't even see this fucking shit is crazy. So my next neighbor, Claire, was like, she was like, what's going on? I'm like, dude, I don't know what's going on, this fucking kid. And she's like, I'll move the Liz, you're a magnet. You are truly a magnet. I know. Hold on. I'm not even done. So then I'm like, what? So then I get out the car. Only Liz would experience this. Only you. And then I, like, look down at the kid, and we've gotten him ice. Because we were, like, running in and out of the house, like, getting people ice packs and stuff for the rubber bullet. Um... For, all, for people who had been shot with rubber bullets and stuff. So we got him ice, which was helping the swelling. And I was like, dude, why the fuck do you have your weed pipe in the middle? He's like, oh, my bad. He's like a kid. And I'm like, also, not for nothing, like, don't have a switchblade. I was like, put that shit in the fucking glove compartment. Like, what are you, brand new? Like, Jesus Christ. So then we move <laughs> the car. I kind of leave him alone because more shit's popping off. But I just want to tell you guys one little fun story you guys might enjoy. These fine ass dudes come from the right. So not from where the standoff is, but from the other side, like hella fine. I was like, hey boys, how you doing? Hi. Hello. I was like, hello, would you like some LaCroix or some water? <laughs> like, you know, like my whole, like, meanwhile, there's literally smoke, people running, bloody fucking everywhere. I just, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, if you guys want to like come swing around this way later, Rachel's like, you fucking idiot. I was like, don't worry about it. Okay. Have a great day. <laughs> I was like, by the way, you're walking into a fucking police standoff with 25 police officers. Oh, and now they've lit the trash on fire so now we have a dumpster fire but like i just wish you guys could have imagined like me just stopping being like oh yes hello while literal (laughs) fucking chaos is surrounding me so anyway Uh, so they go and this is kind of what would happen in front of your wife nonetheless well she knows i'm not gonna do shit anyway so (laughs) like come on so she and also she was dealing with a dude that was like fucking whatever he was doing on the ground i was like i can't even fuck with that kid like i he's (laughs) fine I'm going to keep it moving. 
Anyway, so then what would happen, though, is like people would come down the block and it was interesting to watch people wanting to go towards the action. But here I am being like, hi, totally understand what you're trying to do here. But shit has gone off the fucking rails. Yeah, and it's I, time to leave. you're not joining a protest. You're joining a, like what is now turned into a not peaceful riot. No one wants to listen to Liz totally fine then they'd come back crying tear gas like oh fuck i'm like mm, listen to liz <laughs> listen to liz follow me on instagram so, anyway, so then the dudes come is that why your handles listen to liz no that's a really funny story that we should talk about on the show one time so okay. it's like involves swingers like i don't know it's so weird <laughs> it's like so put a put a pen in it for this for time of emotional lighter times, yes. to talk about yes. that so anyway so then those fine ass dudes come back and they were friends, I guess, with Kendrick from Insecure, who was one of the main guys running um, the Black Lives Matter rally. And he had been shot. I'm telling you guys, imagine seeing someone on the street and being like, hi, nice to meet you. Like, I'm ovulating next week. Like, let me know what you think about it. And 10 minutes later, he comes back with a welt the size of a softball, right a centimeter from his eyes. Like, yeah, I just oh got my shot. God. Shot in the face with a rubber bullet. Oh, my God. So then I sit him down, and I'm like, let me take care of you. Put ice on him. We start talking. We all were like, what is happening? Like, is this calming down? And they're like, no, they're releasing tear gas from helicopters. We had about nine helicopters, like, kind of circling our neighborhood. Anyway, time went on. I'm going to tell you guys two more quick stories about my experience, and then we can leave it at that. So they leave because they had a jug of milk. They were like, yeah, we got to put milk on people, tear gas. And I'm like, where the fuck did you buy milk? Nobody has fucking milk from cows in Los Angeles. It's like <laughs> hemp, nut, coconut, oh. almond, pecan. Like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. I was like, I got a grip of $30 <laughs> hemp milk, milk in my house. And we are, I'm happy to throw that all over your, f I would love <laughs> to watch you fine, fine, fine men bathe in the fucking hemp milk. But I don't know, like nobody's got milk. So they leave. They were great. I was like, please take my phone number. Then, um... <laughs> There were these two little little lesbians across from our from our house that were sitting terrified quietly for about oh. three hours. My neighbor Maria had gone over to them. These poor little leses had driven in hours in for the rally oh. and their car was parked literally next to like in the middle of the standoff. Ty. So I went in and got them some food. Now we're talking it's like six thirty. We get an alert on our phone that the curfew is at 8 o'clock. And I'm like, all right, when it's safe. By the way, I'm telling you guys, we're three hours deep into this. So I was Jeez. like, and then at one point I was like, damn, I got flip-flops on. I got to go in the house and put on some regular shoes. I feel vulnerable as fuck right now. Yeah. So um, I told them to sit, gave them some Lara bars. We came down. And then the, the it started to clear out, which was great. But like, Everything was drama, like up the street, like whatever. I'll get to that in a second because whatever. Okay, so then I was like, we've got to get you guys your car. Like they don't even live here. They want to get the fuck right. out of here. So then another girl comes up and the, and the lesbian couple, one was, an, uh, was a black girl and the other girl was um, Asian. So they were like, we're not fucking with the cops. And this is what I'm telling you guys because this is when I realized after and kind of during, like this is what white privilege is. And this is okay. how you can use it in a positive way. I was like, all right, follow my fucking ass. I've dealt with the cops probably more than everyone on this block. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Just remind everybody why. Oh, I was in a relationship with um, a black man for several years. And my house was raided. I got pulled over almost every week in San Francisco with him. Um... I don't know. I've, I've just You've experienced I've been it. a lot From around a lot of cops, but yes. I've also seen how cops sometimes okay. can treat people of color. Okay. So I've also had my hair like straight pulled by the cops. I was like, bitch, that is not a weave. You need to chill. So I, and that was in a horrible circumstance about 15 years ago. So I've <laughs> seen it all. I've also literally known the most incredible and loving law enforcement I, in, on the planet. So guess what? You can have Thank space for, for both. That. Everyone right. should know there is space for both. Okay. Yes. So we walk up and I, again, so remember we, you just talked about this guy, you know, he pulled um, 
the rubber bullet gun on us. But, like, that didn't phase me. Like, I know what you were saying. Like, that could leave this horrible taste in my mouth. But I was like, no. We got to get these girls to safety. So I walk up. And I didn't realize. So on the corner of my house, there's a synagogue. And there was a sniper on the top of the roof. And Rachel, you know, she's very soft-spoken. So she tried to kind of get his attention. Here's where, like, loud mouth Lizzie comes in. I'm like, listen to Liz. No, but here's what I did. I was calm. I put my hands up. Nobody was around me. And I said, excuse me, officer, I'm asking for your help. And he turned around, and he couldn't have been lovelier. Mind you, everyone, I am talking to a fucking sniper on a roof. And I was like, these women behind me have a car, and you can see it if you look on the other side of the roof. They just want to leave. They do not live in Los Angeles County, and they want to get to safety. And he was like, okay, give me a beat. He kind of disappeared, and then these guys next to me were like, fuck the cops. And I was like, yo, bro, keep that fuck the cop shit somewhere else because things are finally calming down. But, Taylor, what I haven't seen is the destruction on the fucking block yet. Like, the post office destroyed. Like, all the, like, so now I'm realizing that a ton of fucking looting has happened. And now we're looking at, like, 7.15, 7.30 at night. Starting to get dark. Starting to get dark. So these girls. So there's looting already in daylight. Oh, my God, yeah. And then I found out because two of my friends had their stores. Actually, you know how I keep I kept joking with you that I would take you to my jeweler in L.A.? His store yeah. was targeted, unfortunately, and robbed at gunpoint. At okay, f- let's. I, I want to hear that in detail. So, so anyway, so, so basically I end up, the cop on the roof kind of disappears. And then I just, w- and the girls, I turn around, they go, no, 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 don't worry about it. We'll just stay here all night. I was like, no, you're not going to stay here all night. And then another girl um, who was Persian, because we talked for a little while, um, she was like, will you please go and talk to the police officers for us? And again, this is what I'm saying. This is like how white people can be allies. Like, I didn't even realize that until I talked to people afterward. It was just like, okay, this is what I need to do. Put my hands up, walked up slowly, and was like, can these these women get their cars? And I said, yes, one at a time. And then we escorted them. They got in their cars and they fucking skedaddled on out of there. I don't really remember any of their names, but I don't know if they're Taylor Strecker listeners, but hey, ladies, hey. Um, Oh, God, poor So anyway, then it was a mess. The curfew was coming. We went onto the roof. I grabbed a bottle of wine because, duh. Duh! I looked to my right and the whole fucking neighborhood was engulfed in flames. 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 The whole neighborhood. So okay, so <laughs> I wanted I wanted to ask you specifically about this. Yeah, and you know you've had personal friends who have their own I'm sure horror sto- horror stories. I want to hear those, but you said on your Instagram story, and I thought the question, and I think I saw you address somebody else. Like you were like, oh, I'll get into it, but you said that the looting, without a doubt, in your opinion was like basically I think the term you used was organized crime. Yeah. So when I, I hear that I think so when I hear that I think because I'm a huge Sopranos fan. First I think the Italian mafia because that's where my head goes. But that's not what you're talking about. Then mm-hmm. I think gang activity. Then I think okay maybe there's just you know like a like some sort of a hybrid of the two. Maybe everybody maybe it's everybody. Maybe Throwing all, throwing all the other mafias. I don't fucking know. But what, what does that mean when you say organized crime? And if I repeated this already, I apologize. But I was, I've done interviews all day, so I am sorry if I said this already. But at one point on the street, after those super fucking fine dudes went on their merry way, I saw a guy. He looked literally into my soul. He was a white guy with tattoos on his face. I was like, mm-hmm. you know when like death or like danger walks by you and you can feel the energy I yeah was like <gasps> it was like a white walker i was like oh my god and then i looked and he had a baseball bat and a fucking hammer in his back pocket and so what i want to talk about and i will talk about the organized crime is again i want to talk about this this duality of having space for everything and actually one of okay. your listeners called me out when i um talked about uh my friend's store being uh, targeted. I actually understand why people would want to go rob the living shit out of Gucci. I don't understand why you would then go to Alexander McQueen because who the fuck wants anything in Alexander McQueen? But I feel (laughs) y'all. 
I was like, damn, couldn't get into the Gucci store, and you're like, here I am. I'm like, what? You want to shit with skulls all over it? Like, what a fucking waste. I of time. mean, of course, I of course I condemn. Like, you can't break in, but I was like, Chanel. Are you kidding me? They went into the Grove when they started saying they were in Nordstrom. I was like, not Nordstroms. And then they're like, they're in the Charlotte Tilbury store. I'm like, Charlotte, darling, not Charlotte. And then they went into Sur La Tab, and I was like, yo, I need some Le Creuset. Like, what's good? Um, no, but what I understand, and one of your listeners wrote me, and it's totally true, is that it's like tied to systemic racism, which right. has led to lack of property ownership, et cetera. I really, I really understand it. I, Liz Gully, am allowed to have space, and, and you know, Rachel and I really talked about this. I'm allowed to have space and understand the looting of large corporations and stores, I am also allowed to have space to be fucking devastated for my friends that are about to go broke from COVID who have small businesses in my fucking neighborhood that, that are were now, destroyed. now targeted. And, I, and I'm saying targeted because I watched the fucking footage. When and you say targeted, you mean targeted because people it was waited. Dead. They knew they were taking advantage. I talked about this. But wait, they were opportunists. When you, but when you say targeted, are you saying like, are your friends gay? Are oh, your friends no, no. black? My, friend, my friends have a beautiful antique jewelry store. Okay, so targeted because they have expensive inventory. Exactly, they were targeted for expensive inventory, and I saw on the footage, on the security footage, these four guys waiting in a car. You can see them sitting out in front of the store waiting, waiting. And this was at 5 o'clock. And this is five blocks up from, four block, five blocks up from When did they finally hit? When it got dark out? Five o'clock in broad daylight. Jesus. So, and my poor friend who owns a a store across the street filmed the whole thing and was like terrified and locked herself inside her store. I mean, it was, it was crazy. No, they went in. They had guns. They pulled it on the valet. Luckily, oh my, my f- luckily my friends weren't there because I'm sure if they were, there ha- would have been the opportunity to put a gun to Larry's head and fucking. Sorry. I have an idiot question. When you say valet. Oh, like, he was like valet? the valet guy like in the building and this poor guy who I'm actually friends with. Like, by the way, I should say like these this store. It's like where I got my engagement ring. Like we're very, very like they were at my wedding. Like these are my right. like, oh, yes. Their valet was there. I don't know why Fernando was there, but he was just there. It's not that they usually have security twenty like. I was going to say, was he like? Would do it? Is, is no, valet like? They I didn't security. have security because they the, they didn't because everything's been shut down. Shut down. I get it. And then yeah. also, there were bars all the windows. They busted the door so hard they broke all the bars, <gasps> and they stole a ton of shit. Luckily, every a lot of stuff is secure in jewelry places where like you could you would never. It's like fireproof rooms. It's like the shit you wash on like Ocean's Eleven or whatever the fuck that movie is. So, or Ocean's 8. I don't know. I've never seen any of those movies. Sorry. 11's a good one. There's a lot of them. They're amazing. You should watch them. Okay, fine. There are airplane movies. So, um... Okay. Which will never go on ever again. I will never go on an airplane again. (laughs) So, (laughs) when I'm I'm saying about the organization thing, so we went on the roof. It started getting real scary because you could see Melrose just on fire. And I was like... Can I ask another quick question? Sure. When you say, like... So people, you know, because the same thing happened in New York City and Soho just a couple nights ago or a night ago. Um, You know, are they targeting these businesses? Do you think that there's going to be we're going to start seeing them targeting like homes and residences? I mean, listen, I'm not like I don't know. They said that some homes were starting to happen, which is I was going to say terrifying. How did it feel to you? Like I was terrified. I was fucking terrified. We're all like sitting there trying to process it. By the way, we're trying to process that we were just around a thousand fucking people during COVID. Right. So, like, the layers, right? I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, yes, we all had masks on and gloves, but I'm like, "Uh, I wiped many people's faces today. Yes, yes. I wasn't just like, hey, how you doing from across the street? I was whole touching Touching, yeah. So anyway, so my, my neighbor was like, I don't know. They look like pretty healthy. I was like, oh, my God. Okay. I mean, she was kidding, but like, because we're all like literally having panic attacks. So of course. We decide to go in this house. I chug two glasses of red wine and pass the fuck out because I'm like, but then I didn't sleep because the helicopters were crazy. All um, night long. Oh, and you could hear everything breaking and you could just hear it all night long. 
Now, um, question, was there still yeah. a police presence there? And did that actually make you feel safe to have police well, there? Or did it make you feel dangerous? Well, it, so more danger. Yeah, great. Well, so there were no police in our neighborhood at that point. They brought in the National Guard the next day. And I was like, hallelujah. Hello, please. I'm like, should I start making chocolate banana bread like we're in the fucking the quarantine still and giving it to these folks? Thank you, God, for coming. Because the National Guard... Like, it's different. Like, they're in tanks. Like, they don't give a fuck. Like, they're not, that's not political. Again, it's not political. It's, like, safety. So I was like, hell yeah, please be here. Don't leave. Please don't leave. Please don't leave. They ended up leaving yesterday and going to Santa Monica because they fucked the shit up out of Santa Monica. So now what's happening is they're moving from white neighborhood to white neighborhood. But to finish the night, when I talk about the organized crime thing, what I saw and what I talked about on my Instagram story is I personally saw cars, really nice cars, like racing through our street, and then they would like pull over to the side and like talk to each other, meet up, and then like go in another direction. And then my neighbor saw two cars that were driving around with no lights on, and they were like moving like boxes and boxes from one car to the next. So like, and then you would, so what I think ended up happening was that, listen, you can't blanket statement everything, right? We, I think there is this mix of like anarchists and opportunists and organized crime and criminals from other areas. Like my, I get boxes stolen out in front of my house every day. You don't think those people are like, fuck yeah, the police are busy. I'm about to go buck wild. Of course they were. You know what I mean? We've seen this before. We see this when the Red Sox win whatever. I don't even know what kind of sports Red Sox are, whatever they are. You know what I mean? I'm just kidding. Like, you know (laughs) what I mean? Like, you know, like these juckleheads fucking sports teams, they go crazy. They they loot. They go nuts or something with like, you know, the adrenaline, the anger, the alcohol, if there's alcohol involved. Yeah. So what I've been seeing on social is like, people a lot of white people starting some shit and then other people just kind of like taking the opportunity to you know also loot um which fucking so you're saying so when but you also just said something you said that um what's happening now in la is that people they're the looters are going to different white affluent sections of but you also said that you had one of the scariest encounters with a white guy with a hammer and a bat. So 100%. this is just to be clear, this is not only black people who no. are looting. There's definitely no, 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 no. I just want to, no. oh, I yeah. just wanted to be clear. I just wanted to yeah. clarify. Well, That's and it. I, and I get, again, and I'm not trying to sound like a broken record, but I really want everyone to listen to me. No, no, no. Say it over and over again because yeah. this is the issue is that like, you know, if somebody's half listening and they don't hear something or they misinterpret something, that's when the narrative is like, you know, it goes from Black Lives Matter to like black people are criminalizing right. us and terrifying us. And that's not the tr- that's not what's and happening. I'm, and I'm not here to like glorify my fucking weird. I, we, if you listen to what I'm telling you, I wasn't even going to go. I wasn't right. even going to go to any of this. But, you know, the waves of the day it was, like, super peaceful, super amazing. Then I felt guilt for being, like, whack and not wanting to go. And then shit yep. popped off. And then here I am, fucking Jane Seymour, Dr. Quinn <laughs> medicine woman, like, all goddamn day long. Which, by the way, I'm, like, the worst medicine woman because I've never even seen that show. And I've never even seen Grey's Anatomy. I'm so literally, like, where did you get all these skills from? How did you even know what a hematoban was? I was a nanny for, like, ten years. Okay. I don't know. Also, I'm like in. the wealth of like ridiculous facts that don't make any sense. You know this by now. Yes. So anyway, so, you know, what I really want to talk about and is this idea of like there is no blanket statement. There is no like every cop is bad. There is no every right. this person is dangerous. There is no every every blah, 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 blah. Like we have to stop talking in tunnel vision and start opening up our minds and our hearts and thinking about things a little bit more holistically. And I would encourage you guys to do that in a, in, in a variety I of know. ways. Well, I would I mean, even encourage people who like to eat meat to think about vegetables in a different way. Like, I don't even... Right. I mean, that was the dumbest thing I've ever said. No, no, but no, like, no, but, you know I, know, I, but I, I, I know what you mean. Well, so for those of you who don't know, if you don't know, Liz and I are both in same-sex relationships. Liz identifies as bisexual. I identify as tailor-sexual, which is the gayest thing I've ever said and will continue to say. Um, but really, like, I, I also coined the term labelless love, which is the most uber gay. That is the Don't look at me. I've Don't look at me. Like I that. mean, I wish you guys could see me on Facetime looking at her. Like, I'm, I'm. I need to fix my. Just face. shut up. 
Just shut up. I'm allowed to I not want to label. though, because those dudes, if you're listening, I don't know if they're <laughs> Taylor Strucker fans. I don't know well, what your names are, but. Liz is married to a woman. I'm, like, basically engaged to my girlfriend, Taylor. But the thing is, is that, you know, it's like, I think because we are a part of a minority group, we live and know that, like, it's easy for everyone want to want to lump us together, but we're all so different. And we know that to be true. And I think that we're both really good advocates for our for our community, for the LGBTQ plus community. But, like, that's the thing is that, you know, we all now to be need to be advocates for everybody. So everybody. Basically, I don't know. The night was terrible. We woke up the next day. We went into the neighborhood. It was a fucking mess. I went to my friend's store that I was telling you about. We watched the yeah. security footage. And you know what he did? You want to know what everybody, you know what my friend did? Who had what? his fucking store with guns. People came in and robbed the shit out of him. He, today, is his 15th anniversary for the store. He asked everyone to donate to fucking Black Lives Matter. Because this is the point. His store was looted and robbed, but it it doesn't take away from the larger issue, which is Black Lives Matter. And that's the kind of motherfucker he is. And that's why I right. love that dude. And that is my why I keep talking about this idea of holding both in your heart. Being yes. angry for your friends whose businesses were destroyed, but understanding that if there isn't unrest and there isn't, it's gotten to this point for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, and and it's just got to stop, man. It's just not, it's it's horrible, you know? And so that is why this is happening. But it's, not, it's scary as shiz. And it's not, and it's, and it's terrifying. And I hope that, I hope this brings, I hope what, ha- you know, I was trying to think about the positives. Mm-hmm. And the only positive I can think of is kind of what I mentioned earlier is how much closer I am to my neighbors. Yeah. And I know that's like small and personal, but like those are that's what I'm talking about. Like what what are the positives? The positives are that we, you and I are having this episode as opposed to like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, like celebrities. Like, yeah, we're all going to talk about celebrities and talk shit about celebrities. And that's like what makes the world go round, which is what right. it is. But it, how about these moments where do we take pause and talk about something a little bit bigger and we don't feel like bad about it. We, we just, we just talk from our hearts, you know, I think that's what's important, but this shit is so whack. And while we've been talking, I'm actually hearing, I think another protest is forming two blocks from my house and I am stressed the fuck out. Okay, well, Liz, I know. So real quick, I know you've been doing interviews all day long. So oh, yeah. you know, you so. Oh my God, Ryan Seacrest! Got you were on Ryan Seacrest today. How did that happen? <laughs> this is like so Liz Cully. I know his producer <laughs> Jen Sawala, who's amazing. She was at ABC for a little while when I was writing at ABC, and she saw my video and she saw yep. the pictures and she hit me up last night and was like, "Will you talk to Ryan Seacrest at?" 6.40 in the morning, and I was like... Girl, don't even with me. I did morning radio for fucking 11 plus years, okay? I was getting up. I call it ski time. That's like fucking oh, yeah. early as shit. 4.30 for like a couple years straight. Fun stuff. Anyway, Well, continue. I told you when we resume out of the COVID, I'll wake up at whatever time you want me to. I've, oh, we're going to keep you on the show. This don't is worry. a privilege we'll to be on your show. So anyway, I Thank woke you. up hella early. I was so stressed. I was like, oh my God. And then I was like, well, How what was it? It was fine. I made him laugh. Um, Good. So this is what I said, though, because you'll like this. Because you and I, you you were helping me yesterday with this. So he's like, hello, Liz, Liz, are you <laughs> on the call? And I was like, what up, Ryan Seacrest? I'm dead. And he goes, and he like paused. Or no, wait, what did I say? I was like, good morning, Ryan Seacrest. And he like paused. And he's like, uh, uh, Liz, I don't know your last name. I was like, my last name is Liz Cully. So, ma'am to you. No, I'm just kidding. I, uh-huh, didn't say that. Uh-huh, I just said, uh-huh. my name is Liz Cully. And then he was like, okay, Liz Cully. But what was interesting is he kept trying to guide what I was saying. He's like, so it was peaceful. And I'm like, yeah, it was until it wasn't, Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, until stop. Don't, 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 don't lead the witness, Ryan. I know he was. But then it was fine. And then I told him I would buy him an oat milk latte. Wait, but what, how'd you make him laugh? Oh, I made him laugh. Oh, because I said, oh, I was telling him about RuPaul's Drag Race. I was like, we, I told you guys. I just kept to my story. Like, we, because it's the truth. We went right. peaceful. We watched RuPaul's Drag Race. He's like, don't. Um, he goes, 
like no spoilers. I was like, well, you're late to the game, Ryan, because this happened many days ago. So don't <laughs> go on the Internet. And then he laughed. And then he asked me about, like, you know, how we were cleaning people's faces. And I did my little milk joke, which I clearly just did again. Yes. Yes. And then the New York Times, a buddy of mine. Um, so crazy. I know. It's crazy. Well, you know, what? I have to be honest with you. So I, I said no to both of it first to New York Times and Ryan Seacrest because I was like, mm. I'm not trying to be out here like some white girl capitalizing on this shit. No, but then no, I re- no. But then it was a inter- story to tell us. Well, and then it was interesting because the woman who was seven months pregnant who came to take my photo socially distanced for the New York Times today was a black woman. And she was like, I'm so happy that you're doing yep. this because yep. people need to see like chubby Olsen twin looking motherfuckers you're like you chubby. in <laughs> broke ass Reese Witherspoon, like terrible <laughs> Halloween costume <laughs> chicks like you. Um, because they need to understand that like, it's yeah. not just like nutty, crunchy, like yes, white people. It's like all kinds of white people. It's all kinds of brown people. It's all kinds of um, Asian people. It's all kinds of everybody, right. That was involved. And so she was seven months pregnant. I was like, oh, "Oh my God, girl. But she was so sweet. So, again, it wasn't – I'm not here to, like, glorify or really give my opinion. I just gave the events of what happened. It's crazy that this shit popped off on our block because we have the game. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, I also have a halfway house on my block. You're a magnet. No, I have a halfway house on my block. Oh, my God. These poor poor dudes, and they were trying to steal their benches and shit, and these poor people were like – You're like, that's a halfway house. Leave them alone. But Liz, I do have to say, like, you are such, you really are such a treasure and you are, no, I'm serious. And like, you are a storyteller, a gifted one at that. And so I really think the universe, you are like a magnet to all of this craziness because you have a voice and a platform, especially now, to share it with the world. And I feel like, and you you do such a good job of like delivering things fairly and impartially and honestly and entertainingly. And you know what? Sometimes you need to be a little entertaining to keep people's fucking attention during stuff that they don't want to listen to. Well, if I'm being honest with you, if I don't put in my pizzazz, like the amount of crying, I I just, I don't think I'd be able to do it if I didn't throw in a couple of bones in there. Of course. Of course. Because it's not stopping. I also just want (laughs) Like, I don't know when this is going to end. And so that is concerning to me. Um, Yes. And the good news is that I don't really have an appetite. So maybe I can shed some of these COVID LBs in the building. Girl, all I do is eat subs. I don't even want to talk about it. Well, Liz, I am going to let you go. But um, I love you so much. And thank you for being brave and for being honest and for even in these dark times, making us laugh about fucking hemp milk and hot boys, even though you're married to a woman. Hot boys. Yo, you, <laughs> you know, remember on, hold on, I'm just going to end with this. Remember like on Craigslist, like casual encounters or like the people that you wish you saw again? <laughs> I would just like yeah. to say, what the fuck is up to those two dudes? You were so <laughs> fine. Holler at me if you won't. Um, well, you can <laughs> holler at her at Listen to Liz. Oh, yeah. Great segue. Um, on Instagram. Me, listen to Liz. Also, I just want to tell your listeners that I love them, too. They love you. They really do. And you know what? Except for that rough, one chick in it, Florida. She it was rough Christ. in the beginning. But, Liz, like you, you are polarizing because you have an opinion and you speak your mind, but you are a very good person. And so maybe in the beginning, people like, oh, this bitch with her big ass mouth saying all sorts of crazy things. But you know what? We all know, I always knew, but everyone knows that you have a huge, amazing heart behind all of it. And so, yeah. Likewise with you, girl. I try. I try. That's why you're so famous. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Again, thank you so much to Liz. Liz Cully's her name. Follow her on Instagram at Listen to Liz. She's also on a podcast. It's called Scissoring Isn't a Thing. You can follow them on at S I A T Podcast. And her co host is also another one of my radio show co hosts, Darren Carp. So check it out. Okay, so right now I just want to address all the stuff that's been going on this week. You maybe have seen it on my social media. If you listen to my radio, you definitely heard me talk about it. For those of you who don't know, I recently made a mistake that has pissed off a lot of people 
And a lot of people have been telling me that actually because of that mistake, they actually don't even want me to be an ally, which completely breaks my heart. And at first when I saw the comments, I felt defensive. And then I was, you know, I, I went through a range of emotions and I was pissed. Then I was confused Then I felt guilty. I felt shame. I felt bad. And I've been really grappling over how I'm going to dress it and what I'm going to say. And like literally out of the blue, a really good friend of mine reached out to me on my DMs. And he graciously explained to me why what I posted was so problematic for so many people. And uh, I really want to share what he said to me with you because he opened my eyes and I learned a lot from our conversation. And I think that it's important to share it with everybody because maybe you could benefit from it too. I posted a comment on my friend Stassi's uh, recent Instagram statement regarding everything that's resurfaced from her past. And so when she issued a statement, my knee-jerk reaction was to go and comment on it to let my friend know that, you know, I am here for her. I wrote, I have made mistakes to my baby. Apologizing and promising to do better is what the future needs right now. And I did like the prayer hand emoji. And then I said, I love you, heart emoji. So my intention in doing that post was to show my friend that I was here for her and here to help her listen and learn and do better because that's what I've been committing to doing. But what I actually did was a stupid fucking Karen thing to do. It was. And I didn't even see it because of my white privilege. There it is, rearing its ugly head again. And I do want to say while I am committed to doing better and growing, my eyes are very recently opened and I'm not proud of that. I'm ashamed of that. I'm trying to learn and grow and have the uncomfortable conversations. But in doing so, I guess I am continuing to make mistakes that are probably a direct byproduct of my white privilege. And I am so sorry. And I can't promise that I won't make mistakes or stumble here and there. But I promise to keep doing the work and to keep listening and learning and doing better. So, yeah. So this is an example of on my path to be better and do better, I made a mistake. But I'm fortunate enough to have a friend. His name is Zenon. And he reached out to me to explain why my comment was problematic. And I really want to share this with you. I asked him if I could. He said yes. So he sent me a screenshot of that comment that I just read to you. And he said to me, as someone who cares about you and knows your heart and intentions, I would be more than willing to share with you why this comment is upsetting to folks. And I said, yes, please explain it to me because I'm getting so much feedback uh, negative feedback. And I know that I struck a nerve with this comment that I posted, but I don't truly understand why. So he said back to me, I'm so glad that you're open to getting feedback. It's a huge part of being an ally to any marginalized community. And so I said, my stupid eyes are finally open and I'm devoted to being an ally and being a part of the change. So please tell me. So this is what he said. He said, so there is historical layer context to understanding why this comment struck such a nerve. Historically, often, but not always, well-meaning white people have used their access, privilege, etc., to speak for black people instead of using their privilege to create opportunities for black people to speak for themselves. Effectively, this suppressed black people's voice in society and centered white people's needs as having the answers. So he said, understandably, Black folks often feel that when white folks get involved in black liberation, civil movements, white folks once again center their perspectives, needs, and voice, etc. This is what he continues to say. So connecting this to your comment, it came across that you feel like you have the place or authority to speak on behalf of what the black community needs right now. And then he put in quotations like apologizing and promising to do better, which is like what I wrote. He said, while yes, undoubtedly apologizing and promising to do better, along with actually, in all caps, doing better, using your access to open doors for black people, challenging your family, friends, colleagues, listening to black folks, investing in black communities, showing up, etc. It's not your place right now to say what is needed in the moment. And I'm like, you're a thousand fucking percent right. And then he said to me, does this make sense? And I'm like, 
fuck yes this is making sense like it's crazy how something can be so confusing and so hard to understand and then it can be so clearly explained it's like i'm so blind to something and then oh yeah that makes complete sense and then i'm thinking of all the angry comments i got and i'm like no fucking wonder and then he so graciously finishes this up by saying i hope you know that this comes from a place of caring and we he's speaking as a black person, need everyone regardless of when you show up to the party to create transformational change. You're going to stumble, say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, but what matters is that you keep showing up, trying, listening to black folks. He said racism is an uncomfortable conversation, but from that uncomfortability comes growth. So I just wanna say thank you to Zenon. I've been talking to him after this conversation, of course, and I'm hoping to have him on Taste of Taylor, the Taylor Strecker show, just to speak more because he is just, he takes something that's very, it is very confusing. And it's, you know, been happening over centuries. And he's able to put it in layman's terms, which is very important because there's some of us that just, it's, we can, we want to be allies as white people but we really can't ever fully understand. And Zenon is helping me in this moment to understand what I did wrong. And, you know, after reading that, I do want to say to people, I did comment on my friend's post because I was just trying to show her I'm here and I'm going to help you do better and I'm promising to do better too. And in retrospect, that's something I probably just should have texted her and not posted on social media. Because when I posted on social media, what I did is I told people of color, black people specifically, I'm speaking for you. I'm setting the tone of this movement. I have all the answers. And I get now why people were so pissed. And um, some people have asked me to delete my comment. And I don't want to because I think that everybody who had something to say to me deserves to say that to me. And I feel like deleting the comment is like somehow running away from needing to be put in my place. So I do apologize for um, accepting an apology that isn't mine to accept. I am not a person of color. I am not black. And I am learning that these are the times when I should just shut the fuck up and listen and learn. And as somebody who talks for a living, it's very hard to shut the fuck up. Um, So I'm trying to find a balance between doing my job being an advocate and shutting the fuck up. So anyway, I hope that um, a lot of people who saw what I commented get to hear this. Um, And I hope that maybe other white privileged people like me hear this and think about what my friend Zen said to me moving forward when it comes to conversations with people of color when it comes to activity and commenting and liking things on social media, just, you know, be aware that we can be a part of the movement, but we're not the ones that are making the rules and setting the tone. It's, it's not our job. It's not our right. Um, it's time to amplified, melanated voices, period, end of story. And so um, I see it now. I promise, promise to continue to do better and to be an advocate for change and to not stop doing the work. And even if you're not ready for me to be an ally, I'm going to be here and I'm going to be doing the work. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Taylor Strecker and please feel free to reach out to me on DMs to have um, all the conversations. It's not your job to teach me, but if there's something that you want to educate me on, I am here to listen and learn. Thank you guys so much. Um, We'll be back next week with another Taste of Taylor. Until then, bye, girl, bye.